Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello sports fans and welcome to another edition of The Best in the World with Richard Parr. And a lot of you have been really enjoying when we've spoken to speed skaters on this program. And of course, we're not very far away from the Winter Olympics. So we've got another amazing speed skater on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. He is the 10,000 metres reigning, defending speed skating Olympic champion from the 2014 Sochi Games from the Netherlands. It's Jorrit Bergsma. Yes, Jorrit Bergsma is on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. And we do cover one thing that we spoke to Jan Blockhuizen from episode 75 about. Jan was telling us about how Jorrit had withdrew as the team substitute for the Team Pursuit final at the 2014 Games, leaving them without a sub. And this week, we get Jorrit to give his side of the story. You do not want to miss that on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. The three-time world champion also talks about growing up on a houseboat in the north of the Netherlands. He also reveals how close he actually came to representing Kazakhstan at the 2010 Games. Yes, he nearly left the Netherlands to represent Kazakhstan. He explains exactly why there. Plus, he also talks about being married to a fellow speed skater in the four-time world champion Heather Richardson Bergsma. It's a really fascinating chat where we learn a lot from the 10,000 metres speed skating Olympic champion Jorrit Bergsma. That's coming up in just a moment, but I just want to remind you that we are now on Patreon. Yes, Patreon is a crowdfunding website. It gives you the opportunity to help support our show. Yes, we put this out for you for free every single week. And if you'd like to give back a little bit so we can continue to do that, please go to our crowdfunding page and there you've got a whole different range of tiers of how you can help support our show. And even if you can just help us for as little as $1 a month, we would really appreciate it. Please go and check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash best in the world. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash best in the world. I'd really appreciate it if you could do it. All right, let's get to the interview with the Olympic champion speed skater. It's Jorrit Bergsma. 
the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. Jorrit Bergsma, Olympic champion speed skater. Welcome to the best in the world with Richard Parr. So good to have you on the program. I think it's really good to start this program by getting a, an insight into how you first got interested and got your first start in speed skating, please. Well, speed skating is a really big sport in the Netherlands, and like uh, I, I grew up on the on the houseboat, so I was uh, I I was born and raised on the on the water, and yeah, like in here in the Netherlands, when there's when it's cold enough for nature ice, then like everybody goes out skating, and everybody is yeah, like getting the skating virus. And that's how I got in contact with skating. And yeah, like I started when I was a little boy and never stopped. Wow. I've never met anyone who grew up on a houseboat. Just tell us exactly what that is and what that was like. Yeah. Yeah. My parents uh, uh, bought this houseboat and they even built a new one. And yeah, I got born and raised on the uh, on it and yeah i didn't i didn't know any better like i live in a little town that's uh that's uh and there's like a river going right through the town and yeah i grew up on on that little river oh wow incredible and uh, i believe this is uh is this friesland yeah that's correct and you also speak uh correct me if i'm gonna say this wrong Frisian? Is that how you would say it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking Frisian. I was raised Frisian. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, how many people speak that language? Like in this in this part of the of the Netherlands. So we're really in the north of the Netherlands. Uh, quite a lot of people are talking it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you speak English, Dutch and and Frisian. Are they, are they similar at all? Yeah. Yeah, there's some words in freezing that are like the same in in English, and yeah, it's like it's a, like a little bit in between all of those languages. Hmm. So speed skating, as you said, was kind of always around because you had the rivers nearby. When was it that you realized that you were very good at this? That this is something that you could take to a world class level? Well, actually, kind of late. I. Uh, like I think I was seven years old when I really started to go to the oval, the oval over here, and like skate, uh, skate uh, once a week and later on twice a week. And I I did my my races when I was younger, but I was not really, yeah, I was nothing special yet. And when I was on the age of sixteen, seventeen, I was. Uh, discovering this skating discipline called marathon skating so it's like a, it's a pack a pack skate a pack sport so you start with uh like uh, i say like 50 people in the track and it's like cycling the the the, the one who finished first wins mm. so it's kind of big here in the netherlands and i really grew into that sport and yeah i could really yeah tell that i was good in the in the long distance like the problem is that, like when you are younger you only can do like the shorter distances and because i was yeah because i'm a really a distance skater 
like I never could show my uh, my power and I I discovered this marathon skating and I really grew grew into that sport and like at one point I came at this trainer where I'm with now too like uh, his name is Jelle Anima and he he was a trainer from the long track speed skating and he made me go back to the long track speed skating and yeah I was uh I was quite good in that too. So like, like when I was a year, I think like 23, I, I came back to the long track and yeah, then it was showed that I was able to skate a good long track. Mm. And you've just answered what was going to be my next question of who were some of your uh, mentors <laughs> growing up during that time. Who else had a big influence on you over those years? Yeah. Like, uh, like a big power after my success is my dad. I think like he he was all he's always my biggest support and uh, yeah he was always my personal driver and he he made it possible for me to go everywhere and that I was able to do the things I I could do and yeah that's the the biggest power after my success. Mm, fantastic. Now let's have a, an idea now of what uh, a typical day in your life would be now uh, wh- when you're training give us a sense of what your day would be like uh well mostly we have uh, a bike training and something else like uh we just have three weeks off like we call it summerized like uh, the oval over here has like a short period of time we have ice in the oval here, and so I skated quite a lot the last three weeks. But uh, the coming weeks, I'm going like they remove the ice out of the oval here, and I go back to inlining. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, for the coming weeks, it's going to be inlining and skate a lot of biking. Mm. So, uh, like, it's like two training, two or three training, trainings a day. Because you also train with your wife, don't you? Yes. Like after the last Olympics, he, she moved across the ocean and uh, came uh, came live with me here. And she uh, she joined me in uh, in my uh, my skating team. And so uh, we're doing a lot of training together now. Oh, fantastic! So is it is it twenty four seven speed skating? Is it always talking about speed skating, or are you able to kind of, uh, you know? not think about it at times yeah like we have a we have a lot of things to talk about too like if we're, if we're free from skating we would like to go sailing or like go out on a motorcycle and do other stuff mm. so uh, like yeah like we talk a lot about speed skating but uh we also have other things to talk about. <laughs> no, of course. And uh, did you say about going out on the boat? I'm guessing that just came naturally back from your your early years of uh, living up in Friesland, right? Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of water over here, so a lot of canals, rivers, and and lakes. And when I was younger, I used to sail a lot in the in the summer. I also did races, so like I'm really, yeah, I really like to be out on the water, and uh, yeah, like Heather, Heather is enjoying it too. My wife is really enjoying it too right now. Mm, fantastic! And 
you know, obviously the Netherlands are famous for their speed skating. You know, in in the last games in Sochi, there were so many uh, clean sweeps of medals by the Netherlands, of course, which you won as well. And we'll, we'll talk more in detail about Sochi, but. I want to talk a little bit about Vancouver in 2010 and you know the Netherlands do have so many uh, fantastic speed skaters and is this story true that you were considering competing for Kazakhstan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right actually. Like it was like the first year I I am with my my current coach and uh, at that moment we were not uh, really training for the long track. We were really um, a marathon team mm. and uh, yeah like uh, like Kazakhstan the, the the national team of Kazakhstan they asked us to support their team pursuit team and yeah like I was really new to the to the long track uh, speed skating and yeah like you were like yeah let's do it and uh, but eventually <laughs> like it didn't work out but uh yeah, like the year after, I I competed my first time for the national championships over here, and I had success right away. And yeah, I, I skated for the Dutch since uh, the year after. Fantastic. What what happened with Kazakhstan? Because I'm guessing, do, do you have any relatives from there? No, no. They like we were like a, yeah a good marathon speeding team and they were just looking for some good skaters who could support the team. So like we didn't have any relationship with Kazakhstan before. So it was really like uh, out of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you never trained with them. You didn't get any kind of routines or any, uh, uh, any good advice that you were able to later use? No, like that, that year of Vancouver, we, we trained a little bit with them and like, like I, we even skated the Kazakhstan championships in, uh, in Russia at that time. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, we trained the world cups, like we went for the world cups, but, uh, we were not able to skate there, mm. but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a long, really, a really long story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you then moved on, as you said, to competing with the Netherlands, and and four years later, you, you did become an Olympic champion. From twenty eleven, was the goal always for gold? Had you set that as the target? Uh, well, I I really focused on like getting the best out of myself. But I never like really focused on like I only want to have like a golden medal, like. I knew it was possible the year before I became for the first time world champion on the on the 10k so I knew it was possible but I really focused on like okay like give it your best shot and like just see what it's what it's worth and like I had a really good day in Sochi and it was a yeah it was an awesome race and uh, yeah it was good for golf Mm. No, yeah, it, it was indeed. So I, I want to just talk a little bit more about goal setting. Is that something that you do regularly? Yeah, goal setting, like my first goal every year is like getting better than I was. So I always want to improve myself. I want to set uh, personal records. Like I want to like be better 
than the year before. So that's the first, yeah, first goal every year. And of course, you wanna you wanna win the world title. You wanna skate for the world title. But yeah, the first goal is getting better, and like yeah, yeah, and then hopefully like that leads to yeah, world title. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. got more from Yura in just a moment but I want to say about 99 designs 99 designs is a product that I personally use and what they do is if you need something designed they offer it to talented freelancers all around the world and you get to work with these designers and make iterations and then once you've decided which design you like the most then you work with that designer even more until you have a product that you are really really happy with and I've had things like logos designed in the past but it can be anything from websites to flyers to infographics you name it they can cover it and and they're really really good so go and check them out 99 designs and what would really be great is if you check them out through our link it's sportachino.com forward slash 99 designs so that's 99 and then designs d-e-s-i-g-n-s just in case you don't know how to spell designs sportachino.com forward slash 99 designs check out their service and one of the best things about them is if you are not happy with what they provide, they have a money-back guarantee. So go and check that out. And if you do end up using their service, please let me know and, and tell me how you get on with it. I've used it and I was very pleased with it. So I'd love for you to be able to make the most of it as well. All right, let's return to the conversation with the best in the world, the Olympic speed skater. It is Jorrit Bergsma. <laughs> The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So let's talk about Sochi. It was your your first Olympics. Before you even stepped onto the ice, how did you just feel being in in the atmosphere of the Olympic Games? Yeah, yeah, it was really crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's uh, like the Olympics has so much more attention than like the normal championships, the World Cup. It's like so much media attention, so much like people are getting crazy for it, and yeah, that was yeah, that was really special to be part of that yeah Olympic uh, yeah Olympic thing, and yeah, well, I skated the year before also already in the Olympic Oval, but like it was like they were it was like a big construction area over there, like it was really messy still, but. Yeah, with the Olympics, it was really, yeah, like, I think it's one of the the most impressive venues ever, like, in Sochi there. It was, uh, yeah, it was really special. Mm. You mentioned there about pressure. Do you have any um, routines or any tactics you use to cope with stress when you're in stressful situations? Is there anything you do? Well, I try to... Uh, have a, like just uh, the same routine before my race. So I start warming up like an hour before and like doing a little bit the same stuff. And so I don't have any surprises. So I really try to do, yeah, like skate every race like it's the Olympics. Like so on the day I have my Olympic race, I don't do anything different. Any superstitions at all? Is there like, uh, you know, like right foot on first, left foot on, or always carrying something or reading something or drinking something? No, no. No, it's just a... a, a re- yeah. A regular routine. Yeah, no. Yeah, just a regular routine. I don't have like a magic uh, socks or I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, no, I just try to to uh, prepare the best and I don't have like a magic uh, magic things with me <laughs> and and what about the night before what are you like there are you visualizing the race are you trying to forget the race are you like are you nervous how, how do you feel in that night before a big race of course you can feel on your body like there's a big race coming up but yeah I really try to call myself not to think too much about the race yet because like then your adrenaline goes yeah like goes up already and then you're really not able to sleep so I really try to yeah to keep relaxed and just keep my mind at ease and don't think too much about it yet so uh, yeah I listen to music a little bit and really really try to relax what music you're at well, I'm a real, like when I'm a little stressed, I really like to listen to Nora Jones, like really like calming music. And, oh, winding down. 
Fantastic. Yeah, we have a, a radio station in the UK called Mellow Magic. It, it plays a lot of Nora Jones. So I think that would be good okay. for you before a, bit, a big race if you're ever <laughs> racing in the UK. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the 10,000 final. Um, you were what in the, was it the penultimate pair you were racing in? And uh, obviously you, you produced a great time. How nervous were you watching the last two? Sven Kramer involved as well. Yeah, like, yeah, that was really, like before the race, I was was able to be really relaxed and I was telling myself like, okay, just do your best and like, just see what it's going to be worth. But like, yeah, then you did your race. I was really happy after my race. I was like, okay, like he did Swan Kramer, and but like he, he he skated really strong, like he had a really he had a really strong first part of his race. So then I was like, Ooh. yeah, like okay, this is gonna be uh, I don't know about this. So it was really uh, like yeah, I was really nervous because yeah, like there's nothing you can do anymore. Like it's now uh, in like. Yeah, Swen Swen Kramer in his hands, and but he was not able to uh, to skate his lap times, and he was like slowing down on on the end, and like with one lap to go, then I finally knew like okay, like it's mine. <laughs> I'm gonna be the champion. I'm gonna be the best in the world. When uh, yeah. did, did that kind of feeling of winning of becoming the olympic champion did that settle in immediately did it take a few hours or, or did it even take some weeks for you to realize what you'd achieved yeah yeah like it's like uh yeah a little bit like living a dream you don't know if it's real like you're like you really have to tell yourself like yeah like yeah you did it like also the next day we had like the like we got our medal at the metal plaza and yeah it was so so unreal but yeah yeah it took a while to really like realize yeah like i did it mm. yeah amazing stuff now i want to talk to you about one one more thing which happened at the uh the 2014 uh games of course you also got uh another medal in in the 5000 meters but you decided to pull out um of the the team uh, pursuit. Uh, I know you were you're a substitute in in some of the heats, but you decided to pull out of the final. What was your decision behind that, Yurit? Yeah, there was really poor communication, and yeah, there was just like said some things that yeah made me pull out. It was like I should have never been in that selection, and yeah. I wasn't ready, like, the team wasn't ready for it, and, like, yeah, like, the the, the people who were in charge for that, like, did a really poor job, and they really, yeah, like, kind of hurt my feelings, and, uh, yeah, this, yeah, long story, but, uh, yeah, I should have never been in that selection, and the guys, they did great, but uh, I shouldn't have been a part in, in at that time, like a 
What What do you mean you shouldn't have been a part? You shouldn't have been part of the squad, or you, you should have actually been starting the races? What do you mean? Like, yeah, there were some things going on, like, earlier in that year. Like, first, they wanted me in the team, and then, then there was this meeting. I couldn't come, and they they kicked me out of the team, and later on, they wanted me back in the team, and after all, they didn't want to have me in the team. So, like, it was like a, yeah, a really long story. Like, it wasn't like, I, I, like, it wasn't the right uh, spot for me to be. And, mm. yeah, like, I, I kind of got the feeling they used me. And, like, it really came out, like, the day before. And I was really uh, disappointed in that. And, yeah, like, yeah, it was really, it was a really pity, like, it was only a couple of days after my winning my gold medal, and that put a really big like uh, yeah shadow on it. Like I really had a yeah I don't know like uh, I had a bad yeah, bad time after that. But uh, yeah, are you saying the skaters or or the rest of the support team didn't want you there? Yeah, it was. I think it was more the, like the yeah it was more the 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 people who were in charge of the like uh of the team pursuit mm, okay what what's your relationship like with the other guys in in the team pursuit now and, and a few of the other the racers in the netherlands because obviously it is an individual sport and then every so often you've got to you've got to be on a team together with people who are normally your rivals yeah yeah it's it's difficult sometimes because like uh Yes, Sven Kramer, he's like a big, big motor of the of the team pursuit. He's he's the team pursuit suits him really well. And but like on the other hand, like he's one of, he's my biggest rival on the on the five and the ten k. So yeah, it is a it it goes okay, but it's still like a yeah. It's you have to switch a button in your head. Like okay, like now we're gonna do this together and like with the five and the ten, like you're really like your biggest rifles so yeah it's, it's a you have to get used to that but like yeah i think we're able to switch switch that uh, that button on the right moment mm. so after sochi um how long did it take for you to kind of com- start to compete again did you need a bit of time just to relax and recuperate and just not think about speed skating or were you back pretty quickly? Yeah, like I just finished the season. We had like uh, two more World Cups and yeah, I just finished the, the season normal. Like, uh, like af- of course, like uh, in March after the season, I took a good break off because it, it was a really long season. But uh, like, yeah, I, I finished this, this season first. Mm-hmm. So obviously, 2018, there's going to be another uh, Winter Olympics coming soon in February in South Korea. How are you feeling? How are you looking ahead of those? Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited for it. Like, uh, I'm feeling fit, and I, I already was there last year for the World Singles, and yeah, it's it's a it's a nice it's a nice area, nice uh, venue, and. Yeah, like it's a special year again, so I'm really, really excited for that. What are your goals, or have you not set them yet? 
Yeah, my goal like is to do the best I can. I really, yeah, I think nice things are possible over there. So, uh, yeah, like first I have to qualify, of course. Uh, the competition here in the Netherlands is, yeah, it's really big. So uh, first uh, qualification is already like a big, uh, big challenge. But uh, yeah, I hope to do really good then. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm laughing to myself in Europe but if if you don't qualify which I don't believe for a second you won't you're not going to try the Kazakhstan team again are you <laughs> <laughs> No 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 that's uh... <laughs> no, it is not going to happen again. No. Okay, all right. We're gonna we're gonna see you wearing orange in in South Korea. Okay, that that that's good to hear. Um, let us get an insight into your diet. What are you typically eating, Yorick? Uh, typical eating, yeah. I don't have a really special diet. I'm just eating healthy and just. Yeah, getting everything I need. It's not that I don't eat uh, like cookies or pie. Like I eat uh, eat those stuff too. But on on the main line, I'm just eating, just taking good care of myself. So no special diet. Mm. Who who cooks the most between you and your wife? Yeah, my wife does. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good because you're you're being looked after another amazing Olympian as well. So it's 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 good to hear, and that that must help as well when you you're with someone who is thinking and letting you think about the things you need as far as diet and, and probably other logistical things such as travel as well. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, after Sochi, like uh, my wife was still training and in in. Uh, in the United States and me here and like we had re- really long periods of time we couldn't see each other so we had like periods of four or five months we didn't see, see each other in person and a lot of Skyping and yeah now we train every day together and we train almost everywhere together so that's yeah that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, it's been so good to talk to you today, Yorick. Thank you so much for your time. All the best for everything which happens with you at the 2018 Winter Olympics. Just before you go, why don't you let us know where we can continue to follow your journey on social media or any website or anything else you'd like to promote, please, Yorick. Yeah, like you can follow me on Insta- uh, um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter. It's, I think it's just Yorick Ber- Bergsman. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure that we've got the right link to it on the description page of this podcast. Thank you so much for being on the program. Europe Bergsma, thank you for being the best in the world. <laughs> thank you. Richard. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Wonderful to speak to Europe on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. We've also spoken to many other speed skaters in the past. One of my favorite interviews ever on this podcast is the one with Chad Hedrick. It's one of the shortest, but it is full of great knowledge. Go back and listen to that. You might also want to go back and listen to Jan Blockhuizen. He's also been on the show as well. So much for you to listen to on the full archive of The Best in the World with Richard Pye. It's all available at sportachino.com. 
It's all available at acast.com forward slash best. And of course, it's on iTunes. iTunes is actually what I personally use. And I love subscribing. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Best in the World Richard Bar. And I love giving ratings and reviews. So if you haven't done that for the Best in the World Richard Bar, I would really appreciate it as well. Just one review makes a massive difference to our show. And if there is any things that you'd like to bring up, any things you'd like us to change from the format of the show, if there's any questions you'd like me to be asking more regularly, let me know. You can do that by sending me a tweet at Richard underscore par on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. All right, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. And in fact, I'm going to tell you who's going to be on the show next week. It's going to be the UFC super fight champion, one of the real innovators of the sport. Yes, It's Dan the Beast Severin. You might know him from the WWE as well. He is a fascinating person that I get to speak to. And you can listen to it on next week's Best in the World with Richard Barr. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Barr. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.